It's Wednesday night, and we are in a study. We've been in a study on predestination, and everything has to blend with predestination, including prayer. You've got to have the same definition in prayer that you have in predestination. Prayer. There's a word that the charismatic use, and they're very ignorant the way they use it. It's called ask. I'm going to go through this some more. Ask. And then going with ask is the word seek. And this word ask is the word aiteo, A-I-T-E-O. And the word prayer is the word prosukomai. Prosukomai and seek is one of two words. Zedteo, if you notice I said zed, it's pronounced D Z, Zedteo, Z E T E O, and that Z is pronounced D Z, Zedteo. And you have these other words that go along. Ask is a conditional word. It's, I said it last week. I'm going to try to really emphasize it this week. Ask is, comes from the word itema, A-I-T-E-M-A. I guess I ought to put a small a on that other one. Iteo. Iteo comes from itema. And then we also have the word itea. A-I-T-I-A. These are all variations of the same word. Now, then you also have the words itama. A-I-T-A-I-M-A. Itama. And you have the word ition. A-I-T-I-A. I-O-N. These are variations of the same word. Whenever you look at these words, I have to go back and tell you the condition of them again. When you go back and look at them, the charismatics will quote invariably Matthew 21, 22. Matthew 21, 22. Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive it. And they think that means you can ask God for Cadillacs, cars, houses. That's not true. Absolutely not true. And I hear them say this all the time. This goes along with their positive confession. They say if they say something with their mouth and believe it, it will come to pass. When one of them gets sick, they say, I'm not sick, I am well. And they say, it will go away. And then finally, some of them get old, like like Paul Crouch, and they die of a heart attack, and that's disease. Or like Kenneth Hagan, and he died of of a heart attack. And Paul Crouch died of a heart attack. And Jan Crouch died of heart disease. 
and Kenneth Cope, uh, well, he probably died something like that. But uh, Oral Roberts died of pneumonia. And all of those are diseases, and they couldn't come out of it because they were old. When you're old and you die of, of uh, natural causes, you're dying because one of your systems has wore out its disease and it can't recuperate. Now, that is amazing. They, you'd think that they would think of that, but they evidently don't. Now... Seek has got several variations to it. Also, it's, uh, let me flip over here. Seek is Z-T-O, and it has Ek Z-T-O. Ek means out or total. And this is the word Seek in Matthew 6. Seek the kingdom of God. Let me show you how far off base they are. Go over to Matthew, the sixth chapter. And they use this verse in Matthew 6 to say, See, you can have whatever you want. In the sixth chapter of Matthew, it will tell you here. In verse 25, Therefore, take no, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? Now, what is he talking about here? He is talking about food and clothing, isn't he? Food and clothing. That's all he's talking about. He says, don't take any thought. Take thought is the word merimnao. M-E-R-I-M-N-A-O. Merimnao means to be distracted from spiritual things by physical, by your clothing. Don't be distracted from the spiritual by the physical. And I want to show you this, why it's important. And I'm going to show you what the charismatics say. He says, take no thought what you eat or what you drink or how you'll be clothed. Is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? It doesn't matter how you're dressed, he says. Behold the fowls of the air. They don't sow. They sow not. They don't sow out in the soil. Neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. He's talking about food and clothing. He said the clothing don't matter. Just make sure you've got some on. Which of you taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? A cubit is the distance from the king's elbow down to the tip of his finger, about a foot and a half. Which of you by worrying, and that's what it means, by worrying, marimna is the word worry, 
M-E-R-I, and it comes from this word, marimnao, M-A-R-I-M-N-A. And it means to worry. Don't take any thought and worry about these things. And the context is food and clothing. That's all, right? You got to keep that in mind. I want to be 50 feet taller. Huh? I want to be 50 feet taller. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not better than these fowls of the air? Which of you, by taking thought, Merimnao, can add one cubit to his stature? If if we can sit around and worry, what we'll do is get in a circle and say, now what we're going to do is worry about James's problem. Everybody on three. One, two, three. Uh, and see if we can get something done about that. And why take your thought for your clothes? Your raiment. Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They toil not. Neither they do they sit around in a spinning wheel and spin clothing. The Bible says, And yet I said you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as one of these birds of the air. They're beautiful. Wherefore, if God will so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith, Oligos Pistis? you got to realize, he's talking to the apostles, and they're just beginning to be in the ministry, and they're all probably about 19 to 20 years old. They were not a bunch of old men when Jesus was here on the earth. Anytime you see pictures of the apostles walking with Jesus, they got a bunch of men that are about 70 years old or 80 walking with Jesus. How in the world is he going to have a ministry with a bunch of 70-year-old men? They were kids. Here Jesus is in 30 A.D. In 30 A.D. And he's calling his apostles. And John the Beloved doesn't write Revelation till around six, around 96 A.D. And John the Beloved was would have been 66 years old, 66 years later. How in the world could he have lived as an old man when Jesus was walking around? He was a kid. That's why he kept telling them, O ye of little faith. Now he's talking about, he's not talking about cars and houses and stuff. He's talking about food and clothing, isn't he? That's it. And then he says, Therefore, take no things, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, food and clothing, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek, zeteo, means to worship or seek after. Seek after. 
means to worship. There's another name, there's another word for worship, proskuneo, P-R-O-S-C-H-U-N-E-O. P-R-O-S-C-H-U-N-E-O. Proskuneo comes from pros. That's our word pro. It means for or toward. And kuan, K-E-O-N. Kuan means hound or dog. What this has the idea of, it has the idea when you see a picture of a wolf pack and there's an alpha male. The alpha male is the head of the pack. No one can eat in the pack until he says so. They always have a a lesser wolf that's at the edge of the pack and he picks on that one and won't let him come and eat with the others. And they come up to to the alpha male and they lick him on the mouth. And that's what this word proskuneo means. We lick the mouth of Christ, we lick his hand and say whatever you want me to have. That's the word worship. Now, so whenever you're talking about licking the hand, it don't mean to raise your hands and say, let's worship God tonight. Woo! Praise God. That's not worship. They've got all these definitions out of whack. Now, go over here to one other verse. And I'll come... Well, let me finish this. Seek ye the kingdom of God, which is Israel, and spiritual Israel is the church, and his righteousness, and all these things. Now, when the charismatics read that, they say all these things means you can have a new Cadillac, you can ask God for it, and believe it. It's not what it's talking about. And all these things shall be added to you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. I quote this often. Don't think about the morrow. For the morrow, when it gets here, will take thought and worry about the things of itself. Don't think about tomorrow today. I didn't say don't put up a bank account that you can retire on. I didn't say that. Sitting around worrying about it is of no consequence. It's not going to change your situation because God is in charge of everything. Take no thought for the morrow. For the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. And sufficient, it will be sufficient unto the day until to, when tomorrow gets here, it'll be a sufficient amount of evil or worry to go around then instead of worrying about it today because you don't even know where you're going to be on tomorrow. Now look over here in Hebrews. If God has planned everything, and he has, If he's declared the end from the beginning and from ancient times everything that's not yet done, why are you going to worry? Boy, I did for years. I've gotten an old age and I don't worry about things like I used to. I'll get anxious for things, but I don't worry over anything. Now look over in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. I want you to see this thing about Zedtel. And people don't even know what these words mean. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And this is called 
by professors in seminary seminaries. It's called Faith's Hall of Fame. That's what they call it. Because if you got in here in verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Verse 4, by faith Abel. Verse 5, by faith Enoch. And 6, without faith Faith is dead to self. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That word diligently seek is the word exentel. It means to seek out God. That's what it means. Now, If you're seeking God, then you're in good shape. If you're, it doesn't say you're in good shape if you know you're saved tonight. If people, I'll say to people, well, you're seeking the truth, aren't you? Well, yeah, but I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm a believer. Well, you have to be a believer to be seeking, to be seeking God with all your might, diligently seeking Him. Now, Let's go back over to 1 John. And we've got to put some things together here. 1 John. And this is what I taught on last week. I taught on ask last week. Ask. Ask is a legal term. It's a conditional term. 1 John 3. 1 John 3 and verse 22. And whatsoever you ask, we receive of him under two conditions. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. The only way you can get what you're asking is keep The commandments of God. That don't look like what it's saying. Keep the commandments. And do the things that are pleasing. We went through some of these verses last week. The one that's a favorite verse of mine is Romans 12 and 1. Where Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren... By the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. There's only one way a believer can present his body a living sacrifice. And how is that? Death to self. Huh? Death to self. Death to self, which is by what? Faith. What? By faith, but by a daily cross. Because faith is a daily cross. We've said that many times, haven't we? Faith is the substance. Substance is hypostasis. This is Hebrews 11 and 1. Hebrews 11 and 1. And faith is the substance, hypostasis. It means under... Hupo is under. 
Hoopo is the same thing as sub. A submarine is under the marine or under the water. Stasis means to stand. To stand. Under stand. Well, the Bible says in Romans, the third chapter, we need to turn over there so you hold your place right here and go to Romans, the third chapter. You got to cross your cross reference your definitions. Romans the third chapter and look at verse ten. This is difficult to read if you don't know what's going on before it because you don't know who he's talking about. When he says, as it is written over there in Psalms 14 and 1, there is none righteous, no, not one. He's talking about between the Jews and the Gentiles, even there at Rome, that none of them were born righteous. And he said, nobody is righteous, not one. There is none that understandeth. Nobody understands. This is the best way to start into predestination when you go to the last part of this verse. There is none that seeketh Zedel after God. Nobody worships God. Nobody seeks Him. We were all dead in sin. If God doesn't pick out a family, if He doesn't pick out a family and put faith in their hearts, no one is going to heaven. No one. Can you see that? You can't go to heaven just because you're sincere. A lot of false teachers are sincerely wrong. So he said, there's none that seeketh after God, none that said tell after him. Now go back over here to First John. I want to really emphasize this about asking because I'm going to go into this further. Whatsoever we ask, conditional word, I tell, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And verse 23, this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. That's his commandment. Now, love one another is not meaning to have affection. I keep having to put this on the board. Agape and and phileo are the two are the two words that have been translated love, and that word there is agape, and phileo meaning to have affection. You're gonna to get to where you can you get to where you can recognize agape when you see it. This word right here is agape. Agape is walking in the commandments of God. Second John 6. This is agape. This is love. And here's this is the best definition for agape in the world. This is love that we walk after His 
commandments. I don't know if you know how important that is. I had a Greek professor I used to call once in a while, and he said, you're going to find just as much definition, meaning of a Greek word in the scriptures as you are in in one of these books. And he's exactly right because that is the best definition there is. So anytime you see Jacob have I loved, you can substitute walk in his commandments. Jacob have I given my commandments to to walk in them. Well, goodness gracious, everybody should know that. Jacob's name was changed to Israel and who got the commandments of God. It was Israel that went to the desert. Moses went up on the mountain and got the commandments of God. And God has written his commandments in fleshy tables of our heart. That's, that's I don't know y'all know how important that is. You need to tell that to people. See, agape was a relationship that kings had for their subjects, that fathers had for their families, and they gave them laws and they willingly walked in them. That's agape. And if he's, if he loves you and you're kind of in doubt about it, if he's written his laws on fleshy tables of your heart and you are, you are exiteo, you're trying to seek out God diligently, even with your sin in your life, God will take care of that in time. He'll judge you. He'll bring you away from that. Does anybody have a hard time pulling away from their sin? <laughs> oh. Well, then I'll tell you what you do. Seek diligently God, and he'll take care of the sin in your life. He will do that in time. It doesn't go away all of a sudden, does it? Now, let's go back over here to John. We have to keep his commandments. I love that word keep. Do you know that I have really thought about that, keep? Keep means to, it's a word that means to guard against loss. It don't mean to do all the commandments of God. It means to guard against loss. Where are the commandments? They're written in our hearts, in fleshy tables of our hearts. So you have to, in order to be really sure, I put it this way, not sure like a, we use the word sure, but to stabilize your walk with God, seek the truth. Seek the kingdom and his righteousness. And the more you seek God, the more you will understand this, these things. So he said, keeping his commandments, we receive the things that we ask. If we tereo, that's the word keep. T-E-R-E-O. It means to guard. I don't know if I've really gotten this over to you. To guard. How can you guard the commandments of God. They're in your heart. When somebody tries to change the word of God, confront them immediately. Say, that's not what the Bible means. I do that. If somebody says something out in public, I say with them, the Bible don't mean that. And if they don't like it because I say that, I'd leave them alone. I say it doesn't mean that. 
I have got so many people that write to me and tell me what the Bible means and they don't have any idea what they're talking about. That's why I don't want to... You have a tendency to want to answer people back for every accusation they say to you when you talk to them about predestination. If they don't want to hear it, leave them alone. Don't, don't insist. Only sheep can hear the truth. And the sheep are looking for it. I probably witness faster than anybody here. What I do is I say a few words. If I get some, get a little bit of uh, response. Now, if I get no response, I walk away from them and leave them alone. I don't want to force sheep food on a goat. And you cannot run sheep off with sheep food. It's not possible. They're sheep. And it doesn't mean that because they don't come up and show an interest that they're not sheep. They don't show an interest right now. I've found that a lot of men who believe the truth, they can't come and respond to us because their wives don't believe him. And they don't want to start a fight in their house. I don't even blame them for that. Some have wives that don't, they don't really care whether their wife believes it or not. And I wouldn't care if my wife believed it or not. That's what I want is the truth. Now, <laughs> you have to keep his commandments. And I went through this last week. Do those things that are pleasing in his sight. When he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, that's a daily cross. That's the very thing that Jesus said when he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. That's, but how do you get a cross? You have to be condemned to it in the first century. You had to be a slave or you had to be a criminal. You couldn't die on a cross. People look at us like we're criminals when we tell them about predestination, don't they? It's like, there's something wrong with you. You're crazy. I have, it has bothered me for years why people don't believe something that's in the Bible. And they call themselves a Christian. And you quote Romans 8 and 29 and 30. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. And they'll say, well, it don't mean that. And you ask them what it means, they don't know. They'll simply say, well, God knew ahead of time who would accept him. That's right. Nobody. Nobody. There's none that seeketh after God. And no one will believe unless God puts belief in their heart. That's why they can't. They can't believe. They're goats. So you don't have to convince somebody of anything. Let me give you some things. Go back over here to... Matthew 7. This thing bothered me for years because the charismatics, and I didn't know nothing about the Greek, and they'll come up and say, all you have to do is ask God for it and believe and you get it. No, you don't. I've got some things you can ask. When the Bible speaks of Foolish 
questions. Well, let me get this. The Bible speaks of foolish questions. Let me ask you this. Isn't asking a question, isn't that a question? The Bible speaks of foolish or morose, absurd questions. Absurd. Well, morose, we get our word moron from that. They're moronic questions and they're foolish questions and that word question is a form of the word ask. Let me show you some of this. Let me get my notes out here and I want us to see this. All right. The Tima. Let me give you this. Well, it's, excuse me, it's a form of Zedteo. Zedteo. Questions is a form of Zedteo. To seek after. Now look here in if you're asking the wrong questions, since ask is a question, you're, you're asking the wrong thing. You cannot ask God for anything without death to self. If we receive the things that we ask by keeping His commandments, it's in your heart. You won't allow anybody to change it, even though you can't do all the commandments of God. You understand what I'm saying? We have a tendency as believers to defend God's word even when we're not living the life that we're supposed to live, don't we? We have a, we have a tendency, since we believe God, and we may be living in sin, but you'll argue with people, that's not what that's talking about. You'll tell them about predestination. Now, look here in, in Acts 15. Acts 15. Matthew 7. What did I say? 7? Well, let's go to Matthew 7. Then we'll come back to that. Matthew 7. Now, this has probably puzzled most people. These verses. Matthew 7, verse... Uh, yeah, seven. Ask and it shall be given to you. I tell, but you have to be asking selflessly for something spiritual. You can't be asking for a car or a house or clothes or a job, can you? What do you do? You seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and he takes care of the food and clothing. Seek Zedeo, but you're not... There's none that seeks after God, so he has to be saying, seek after God's way and God's law. Seek and you shall find. Knock. Now, if you're knocking on a door... 
that's not an invitation to come to Christ and be saved. It's talking about knocking. It's a word in the Greek. And it means you're pursuing God. Knock. It is the word. Kruo. K-R-O-U-O. K-R-O-U-O. That has been really abused. Particularly, it means to knock. But you're wanting to get on the other side of the door, and that has been... it. It's the same word in Revelation. Look at Revelation. In Revelation, the third chapter. Now, what Paul is talking about in Revelation 2 and 3, he's talking to the seven churches of Asia. The seven churches. And each one of these churches has a glitch. Or let's just say sin. That's what it is. And Paul is telling the people to repent in each church. Of course, seven was the word Sheba. And it's a form of S-H-E-B-U-A-H which means to take an oath to God or to seven oneself. Oneself to seven oneself. And if you seven, First uh, Peter, Second Peter, one and five, Second Peter one and five says, "Give all diligence, add to your faith in the name seven things." And it says, "If you do this, you'll never fall." Of course, those seven things are talking about maturity, arete. It's talking about long-suffering. It's talking about knowledge. It takes years to add those things. And it says, if these things be in you, you'll never fall. You want to know how you can know more about your salvation? Seek God, and He'll take care of of the sin that you can't overcome. So what he does. In time, you're struggling with it. Some people say, well, I'm just not ready to come to church because I'm still in my sin. Well, if you'll just come on and and sit down here in front. People say, do you want harlots down here? Oh, yeah. I want prostitutes across the front and second row. Because if they can listen to this message and not repent, they can do something I can't do. And they're not going to be able to do that. I don't care who you are, what you've been doing, what your sin was. Come here and sit down and watch God deal with you. I've got people that have come here that God would deal with over time. They'd come and I'd stand around and talk to them and talk about Jesus and God and these Greek words and before you know it, they start changing. I've got some people in mind, I won't say who, and they start changing. People change when they get around people, especially get around these Greek words. So, 
Where was I? Look here in Revelation. He's talking to the different churches. He tells Ephesus, you've left your first love. You left your first agape. Ephesus had quit walking in the commandments of God. That's what they did. Boy, they had a lot of problems at Ephesus. They had uh, Timothy pastors of the church at Ephesus. And Timothy was always preaching to young smart aleck preachers that thought they knew everything, Hymenaeus and Philetus. They preached a doctrine that ate like a canker. They said the resurrection was past, and it was one time. Resurrection, anastasis, means to come to life after dying, and we have to die daily, don't we? And then he had Hymogenes and Phygelus. He had had, uh, Alexander that stood against him in the 19th chapter of Acts when he was at Ephesus. He stood with the enemy. He had some problems. So they did leave their first love. And then he goes on to Smyrna down there in verse 8, the next one. And then the following one after that is Pergamos. And then after that is Thyatira. And he goes through all of these churches and he gets to Sardis and he gets, that's in the third chapter. And these are all churches in what we call Asia, we call Turkey, they called it Asia Minor. Asia Minor. Here's Asia Minor right here. In Asia Minor, the seven churches had the same pattern. How could this have happened as the Pleiades? The star cluster of Pleiades of the seven sisters has six visible stars and one star not shown here. And that was the the way Pleiades looks. And this is the way the seven churches of Asia look. It's amazing, isn't it? God had to cause those men to settle those various places in Ephesus, Smyrna, Thyatira. And this is what we call Western uh, Turkey or Asia Minor from about here over. I just think that's an amazing thing. Now, so he goes on and gets through uh, Sardis there in the third chapter and then he preaches to the church at uh, Philadelphia, Philos, Adelphos. Philos means an affection for the Adelphos brethren. And then he gets on down to the end of this. The seventh church is Laodicea. Now here's what he says about Laodicea. And we're still talking about knocking. And he says to Laodicea in verse 15, I know thy works, that thou wert neither hot nor cold, but I would that you were hot or cold cold or hot so then because thou art lukewarm neither cold nor hot I'll vomit you out of my mouth he's talking about spiritual drunkenness it takes a mixed religion it takes a mixture of two different things to make a to make a an elixir that is drunken and he says because you say I am rich 
He's talking to an apostate church. He's not inviting people into the kingdom. That's the point here. And you say, I'm increased with goods and I have need of nothing. And you don't know that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked Christian church. He's not talking to unbelievers. This whole thing is about the seven churches. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in a fire that thou mayest be rich, spiritually rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. He's not going to be begging vessels of wrath to come into the church, is he? No. He's talking to believers here. And as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. I love you there at Laodicea. And be zealous therefore and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And people try to use this right here as Jesus wants into your heart and he's knocking on the door. No, it's not about unbelievers. It's about a believing church that is apostate and falling away. Can you see that? And people use this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. They got pictures of Jesus knocking on a door. It's not inviting, invite Jesus into your heart and let him in. That's not it. Because he's talking to a church that's fallen away. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. He's talking about you need to be back in fellowship with truth when you're falling away. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Boy, that is the throne. Remember the throne. The throne you find in the fourth chapter, and the throne was the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. He said, "You, if you overcome. But the throne now is our hearts. Because inside that Ark of the Covenant was the law written on tables of stone, and now the law is written upon our hearts. And all the Old Testament, the rituals of the law were blotted out, and you had the candlesticks, that's the church. Table of showbread is the church. The altar of incense is the prayers of the church. And you have the brazen sea and the, and the altar. And that was what we looked, we saw it a while ago. I've told this up to y'all many times. Let me see here. I had Jesse put this on here the last few days. Here's the brazen sea. You'll see the sea. You'll see the sea in the seventh chapter of First Kings. They called it a sea because it had two thousand baths. And this is, they're evidently taking the Ark of the Covenant up to the Temple of Solomon. And all of these men in here have to be Levites because nobody was allowed in the precincts of the Temple except the thirdborn of Jacob, the Levites. And the brazen sea set upon three oxen, three oxen, three oxen, three oxen, facing the different directions. And you'll find that 
in the scriptures and all these that man there had to be a priest he couldn't be touching that if he wasn't and they had a fence around this area and only Levites could come in there so all these men have to be Levites I just love that picture I had Jesse put it up there I it's fantastic and that's a picture of us now and that's the glassy sea it was made out of the looking glasses of the women I like that now so when he's saying he's saying here Jesus was knocking on the door of an apostate church telling them to get their hearts right now I want to give you some more of these verses give you some more of these verses on you've got another word I better get to it before I forget it you got another word that has to do with you have to be bowing to God's will in prayer prosukomai 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 is the word prayer There's other words for prayer I believe have been mistranslated. Uh, I'm going to give that to you on this word supplicate. Prayer comes from pros, meaning toward. And UK, meaning to desire toward. Prayer means to will oneself towards the will of another. It amazes me when people will pray and they'll say, Lord, heal my mother and Lord, you know I need a car and and if you could give me a, a nice two or three year old Cadillac or town car and God, that's not prayer. That's wishing. We're, when you pray, Jesus told the apostles, they said, teach us to pray. Why would they say, teach us to pray if it was obvious all you had to do is say Lord I want this and I want that and give me this and give me that they didn't really know how to pray because they knew that it meant to bow to the will of God and they were very young men when they said teach us to pray teach us to bow to your will well if you bow to your God's will isn't that the same thing as Romans 8 and 29 isn't it for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. He prohorizo. Prohorizo is the word predestinate. It means to predetermine to the horizon or to the light, and that's Jesus, and that's to his will. So he's predestined us to be conformed to the image to the icon to the likeness of Jesus isn't that God's will to be like Jesus isn't that the same thing as prayer to pray for his will isn't that the same thing 
It is, isn't it? Isn't that the same thing as asking when you have to give your bodies a living sacrifice? That's death to self. And do the things that are pleasing, aresco. And when you do things that are pleasing in his sight, that's death to self. You can't be asking for stuff and things and a car and a house and health. Let's just say God's got you where he wants you to be with a bunch of bad health. And are you supposed to pray that away? Lord, give me strength to undergo what you've got for me. If you want me to stay sick, that's fine with me. If people believe this stuff about prayer, curing them, why don't they go to the hospital and pray for all those deathly ill people or go to some of the some of these uh, people that have uh, uh, bodily uh, problems that they can't walk right and they've got why don't you just go pray for somebody that's got an autistic child and say, Lord, get rid of this autism. But they don't do that. It's like I saw, I saw uh, the guy up in Ohio, Columbus. What's his name? Rod Parsley was on a stage, up on his stage, with the, what's the guy's name, the old preacher? Is up there, and they're going to have a prayer service. Uh, the wacky guy. Who's the wacky guy, Mike? Shambach. Shambach. R.W. Shambach is was crazy. He's dead now. He's probably in probably in hell now. But they were, and he said, "Bring the healing pillow." And they brought this pillow over, and they both put their hands on it, and. One of them, I don't know which one, had a Band-Aid on his hand. And they're going to pray that God will heal people with all kinds of deadly diseases. Why don't he just pray for that cut on his hand? That would be easy compared to people out there in the congregation. And Rod Parsley has got a son, sits on the front row, and he's autistic. Why didn't they pray for him? They know it can't be healed. I think that boy is fortunate not to have to follow in his father's footsteps and he's not going to be held accountable because he's autistic. That's amazing to me. You're going to pray for everybody out there to heal and they'd name these diseases and what about your son over here that's autistic? Now, where was I? There's another word. It's the word deesis. D-E-E-S-I-S. And it's a form of dio, which means to bind. Remember binding and loosing was a rabbi's term? Well, this word dio or D-O-M-I, D-E-O-M-A-I, is the word bind. And that has to do with forbidding. And it's usually translated supplication. 
and it is a form of doulos, D-O-U-L-O-S, which is the word that Paul would use when he would say, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, except it's not actually the word servant. It means a slave. I am bound to Jesus, a slave. Well, deesis means supplication. Usually when you find it in the Bible, it's the word supplication. Supplication is when some prince would go into the court of a king and he would bow down and say, he would supplicate to the king and say, to your will is my command. It's bowing to the will of the king. Supplication has the same meaning as ask, prayer, seek, and predestination. Everything that we study has to do with doing the will of God, doesn't it? Everything. When we seek Him, we bow to His will, because there's none that seeketh after God, Zeteo, and when we seek Him, He says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they'll be filled. The key to your growing is seeking God and His righteousness. The key to your knowing about your salvation is reading your Bible, get together with the people of God and grow because that's everything that we teach. If you're teaching about Christmas is paganism, well, what I'm saying is bow to the will of God and quit doing it. It don't matter what it is we're teaching. When the Bible says in everything give thanks, it don't mean in every good thing. When you're having a problem and you get a ticket and the cop stops you, be thankful to God because if you get down the road and something good happens in your life, not without that police officer stopping you for 15 minutes, everything else in your life will change. Everything will be changed by the fact that he stopped you and kept you there even 10 minutes everything so it's real difficult to be thankful for bad health I'm thankful that God stopped me and kept me from stressing out since I had that last heart attack on March the 2nd I've come to a place where I'm just saying Lord I don't want to stress out over nothing I just want to accept you and believe everything that you're saying and believe everything that you do because he is doing everything. He said, I make peace. I create evil. I, the Lord, do all things. And people will try to get around that in Isaiah 45, 7. What they will say to get away from God creating evil, well, they'll say, that word evil is means calamity. You're ignorant. The word evil is ra. That's the same word. People try to excuse God. They don't, they're trying to make an excuse for God and trying to justify Him so He won't be guilty of evil. It's the same word every time you find evil in the Old Testament. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's the same word. Well, evil is calamity. Huh? Evil is 
is it? It is calamity. Is it calamity when a, when some Muslims hijack a plane and crash it in the World Trade Center? Yeah, it's calamity, and it's also murder. You can't... People who don't like predestination are constantly trying to make excuse for it. Let me give you a couple of these words on supplication. Look here in... And uh, they will translate it sometime, prayer. Whenever I say there's one word for prayer in the Bible, prosukamai, I mean that's the word they should have used uh, in Ephesians six eighteen. Ephesians six eighteen. How much time do I have, Mike? Huh? All right. Look here in Ephesians. Ephesians 6. And look here in, in 18. Praying always... Praying always, that's the word prosukabai there. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. That word supplication is the word diasis. It means to bind yourself to the will of God. That's what it means. Supplications don't mean bow down and ask God for what you want. No, bow to his will. You don't bow to him and say, I want this and I want that. But when he translates in Romans 10 and 1, Romans 10 and 1. Now, you got to look at the words to know what this means. Romans 10 and verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God. That word prayer is not the word prosukumai. It should have been translated supplication to God. My bowing to the will of God. That word prayer is diomai, diasis, and supplication to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And then if you look at I'm going to give you a couple of more of these. Desire is eudokia. Huh? The, the desire there? Yeah. My heart's desire? Yeah. Eudokia. Eudokia. All right. And then in Philippians 1 and verse 4. Philippians. My well thinking, that's Eudokia. Philippians. Philippians 1. You got to know what these words mean because they don't mean what you assume they mean. You can't just ask God for what you want and believe you're going to get it and get it. Because ask is a conditional word. You got to be dying to the flesh. You've got to be keeping the commandments of God unchanged in your heart. 
and you've got to be ready to defend it and say that's not what that means. That's keeping the commandments. We are, I got to thinking this past week, we are word keepers. We are commandment keepers of God. We are the guards against losing God's word to these false teachers out here. That's why I'm always correcting them. And people say, you've got a bad attitude. No. I don't like people calling the God they claim to believe in a liar. And look at 1 and 4 of Philippians. Philippians. And he says in verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, making request with joy. The word request doesn't mean to ask God for something. It is the word deesis, supplication. So the request that I make is bowing to the will of God. These, this is how messed up the King James translation is. They make things look like it's saying one thing, and it doesn't. It's bowing to God's will. And that's predestination, isn't it? We're predestined to conform to His likeness. The person that believes the truth, they're going to have to start picking up their concordance and seeing what things mean. And this is in... Chapter 4, verse 6 of Philippians. Here's the word. Here's the word for 4 and 6. Be careful for nothing. Careful is the word merimnao. Merimna, excuse me. Merimna, it means to worry. And a lot of times we'll leave the church and one of you will say, be careful for nothing. Well, it means don't worry. But everything, in everything by prayer, by prayer and supplication, that deesis, or D-E-E-S-I-S, that's the word supplication. It means to bow to the king, bow to the will of God. With thanksgiving, let your request, I tell, is the word request. But you can't make a request unless you're death to self, keeping the commandments of God, and you have to be, you have to be taking care of the law of God and not changing. You can't change the meaning of the word ask or request. You don't get anything from God. And everything in prayer and supplication. Let me give you something that people have really messed up on. Go over to James. I'm just trying to show you some of the things that people think the Bible says something it doesn't say. All right, James. And they use this. What was I going to give you here? James 5. 
Now try to make this say something it doesn't say. James 5. You have to understand what he's saying in James all through the book is get your tongue right, say the right things about a God's will, and he keeps talking about the rich oppressing the poor in the first chapter. I'm going to have to give you something in the first chapter and then give you something in the fifth chapter. Look back at the first chapter. My brethren, in verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into diverse. D-I-V-E-R-S is the same thing as diverse. Various kinds of temptations. Parasmas, that's the word. Think it not strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you. Try is the same word as temptation here. Everywhere you find temptation, it's the word P E I R P I R A S M O S. He says it's not an occasional guest, Canizo, X E N I Z O. That's over in 1 Peter 4 and 12. Think it not strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. I want to show you what people do with this chapter here. Knowing this, that the trial of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work. What is he saying there compared to the previous verse? Let the fire happen. Don't pray that the fire will go away. Isn't that what he's saying? Perfect is the word teleos. It means mature. Let the fire make you mature. Don't pray for your fire to leave. How can you pray for your fire to leave when you're bound to the will of God and you're asking and you're bound to His will and seeking God's will for your life? Everything we talk about is about seeking the will of God. Whatever's happened to you is what God wants to happen. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be mature and entire or completed, needing nothing. And if any of you lack wisdom, lack wisdom for what? To be intelligent and graduate from college? If any of you lack wisdom to go through the fire, that's what he's saying. He doesn't change subjects right in the middle of a thought. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. There's that word I tell. Let him ask of God. That giveth to all men liberally when you ask how you get through the fire. You don't ask for money. This has nothing to do with money or a new car. You're asking of God, how am I going to get through this fire that's bothered me so bad? My health is bad. I'm, we're behind on the car notes and the house rent. And, uh, what do we do, Lord? He gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. That word upbraideth means to chew out, to chew you out. 
and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. Ask. I tell. Well, you know the conditions of I tell, don't you? It's keeping his commandments and do the things that are pleasing. Death to self is pleasing in the sight of God. That's the only thing that's pleasing. You can't ask God for things and stuff. And the, and the and the context of this is about getting through the fire, isn't it? Isn't that what he's talking about? He's not talking about ask God for what you want and get you, ask Him for a new car and give you a whole bunch of new job so you can pay all your back payments and you'll be home free. That's not what he's saying. And if any man lack wisdom, let him ask, I tell oh, of God to give it to all men liberally and he doesn't abrade and it shall be given him so it's not it's going to be spiritual things to get you through the fire isn't it and let him ask in faith nothing wavering word waver is the word diacrino it's the same word I can't get that to write. It's diacrino. It's the same word in Romans 4 when the Bible says that God quickens the dead and calls things that be not as though they were. People leave the context of that and make that you can say with your mouth, and you can call things that be not as though they were, and you can say Cadillac, Cadillac, I get a Cadillac. It's not what that's talking about. Something that was not was something that was dead. It was the same word that was used in Matthew, the second chapter, when Herod killed all the children from two years old and under, all the males, so he could be sure and get that new king, because Jesus was two years old living in a house with his mother. He wasn't in a manger. And when he called things that be not as though they were, and it goes into the next verse and says, Abraham considered not his own body now dead, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. She was 90 years old when she had a son, when she had Isaac. He was 100. She didn't have any any egg she didn't ovulate anymore he didn't have any seed no sperm he couldn't have a child and then it says Abraham staggered not at the promise of God that word stagger is the word diacrino stagger and it says he staggered not through unbelief unbelief is the word a P-I-S-T-I-S. Pistis is the word faith. The alpha negates that word as a negative particle. And it says that Abraham did not have no faith. He didn't stagger. He did not diacrino. So when you go back over to James, let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth, about what? What's the subject? Asking for wisdom to get through the fire. 
if the man says, I can't get through this fire, I'm going to quit everything, I'm going to walk away from God so I don't have to suffer the fire, that would be wavering, like a wave with the wind and tossed. But let not that man think that he shall receive anything concerning how to get through the fire from God. Nobody gets their way with God. We are all under His sovereign will. The good and the bad things in our life, it's all the will of God. All of it. Boy, it's hard to believe, isn't it, Kelvin? Sobering. Huh? Sobering. It is sobering. Everything you're going through is what God wants you to. Boy, I thought I'd die what I was going through when I was back in 1967, 68, 69. And what that means to me now is like somebody pouring a glass of water on the pavement out there and coming here and say, Jim, Jim, somebody poured a glass of water on the pavement. That's how much I'm affected now by what I was going through when I thought I couldn't live through it. It's not as important as you think. Nothing is. It's important because God is doing it. Now look over here in James 5. Now this is really important to understand this because if you don't, you're going to have no idea what he's talking about. This whole chapter is about the rich. The rich oppressing you Chapter 2 and 3 is about the rich oppressing. And this says here in the first part of this, Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you. That word rust is the word opis, O-P-I-S. It's the same word as poison under the lips of the mouth of people in Romans, the third chapter. Poison is under these lips of these ass snakes. And it's talking about men that are evil. So he goes on to say, You have heaped up treasures for the last days. The verse I want to get to is down here in verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray for another that you may be healed. Healed from what? From these rich men oppressing you. It's talking about a spiritual healing because he says up here in previous verses when he says in verse 13, is any among you afflicted? Kakopathia. It's talking about rich people oppressing you from the beginning of the chapter. Kakopathia. Kakos is the word evil in the Greek. And pathos means to suffer. Are you suffering at the hands of these evil men? It's not talking about a literal sickness. 
And people use this to say, see, you can pray and be well. It's not what it's talking about. He says, is any of you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Why would you do that if it's talking about physical sickness? You wouldn't. Is any sick among you? The word is not our word sick. It's asthenes. A-S-T-H-E-N-E-S. It's weak or feeble due to all of these rich people oppressing you. I've gotten to that place in my life. Just just weak and feeble over rich men oppressing me. Is any sick among you or is he feeble? Uh, Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. But if you don't know, oil was one of their mainstays they carried with them because they lived in a very arid land and they carried oil with them just like you put mentholatum on you or Vicks Vapor Rub and they put it on the inside of their bodies. They put it on their bodies on the inside of their heavy garments because they would sweat hoping that it would get cool. And they had oil that they put on. It was like a medicinal thing, and they all had it available. Let him be anointed with oil. Where, where was I? All right. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And it's it doesn't mean physical sick. It means those that are sick being oppressed by the rich. And they did that a lot back then. And it shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. And it's not talking about a physical healing. That you may be cured of this oppression that you're getting from these rich people. If you read the whole chapter and stay in context, you see it's the rich oppressing the poor. And then he says, the fervent, effectual prayer. That word there is not the regular word prayer. It's the word diocese. It means the fervent effectual supplication bind to God's will availeth much. And he goes into the rest of the chapter. I wanted you to see that this chapter doesn't say what these Pentecostals said, saying, see, if you pray for a man, he'll be healed. It's not talking about that. It starts off talking about these men oppressing oppressing the poor. And he's... That's what the whole book of James is about. Now, do I have any time, Mike? Jim? All right. Jim, what does verse 19 really mean? Brother, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him. He's not talking about unsaved people. He's talking about people that err 
and from the truth and you and you talk to that person he converts him out of apostasy that's what he's talking about let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error from the plane remember that plane means it's a deceit it it's a word that means to deceive he's been deceived and if you convert him from the error of his way you save a soul from death it doesn't mean from death in hell death is separation you're saving the man from being separated from God and from true spiritual life and shall be hide a multitude of sins you don't go out advertising somebody's sin when they come out of their era it's a shame to speak of those things that's what Ephesians says we're not supposed to be discussing the things that we over in Ephesians 5 5 for it, verse 12 for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret when I was supposed to be speaking of alright I've got so much more on this and the charismatics they use this ask saying I can ask God for what I want and I'm going to get it and they turned it into a money thing the same way they turned all these verses about asking in Matthew 21 22 whatsoever you ask in prayer believing you shall receive that's not talking about things and stuff that's talking about asking for spiritual things that's what I tell is you have to have death to self you have to have a daily cross and you have to keep the commandments of God and guard them against loss and then they use these in, in, in Mark 6 22 I'm just going to read some of these to you Mark 6 22 Mark 6 and the charismatic grabbed these and run with them Six twenty-two, and when the daughter of the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod and them that sat with him the king said unto the dam- damsel ask of me whatsoever thou wilt and I'll give it to you she had to be asking according to the king's laws in his court and when you go here to uh, six or go to ten and 35 Mark 10 and 35 10 and 35 and James and John the sons of Zebedee came unto him saying Master we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we desire And Jesus said unto them, What would you that I should do for you? And they said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit one on the right hand, the other on the left hand in thy glory. 
And Jesus said unto them, You know not what you I tell ask. It's not mine to put you. This is disqualified asking. This is foolish questions. I, got, I was going to give you something on that a while ago. It's a foolish question. I was going to give you that, and I don't know if I got time to get into it. When he says, let me give you a couple of these. Second Timothy two, twenty three. Second Timothy. Two twenty three. <clears throat> but foolish, moronic, moron, and unlearned questions. Zetesis. Z e t e e s i s. Z e t e e. S-I-S. Zetasis is a form of zenteo. But you, if you're seeking God, you're not going to be asking for things and stuff. And they're moronic questions. They're moronic asking. And then in Titus 3, 9. Titus. You, you have to match these words up with each other. Titus 3. All right, 3 and verse 9. Titus 3, verse 9. But avoid foolish zetasis. You have to be bowing to God to be seeking the kingdom of God. You can't be bowing to yourself. But foolish, 3.9, questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. I won't answer questions. I had a guy come in here one time, and he said, he said, uh, do you think it's wrong to eat a jelly donut? I said, I'm not even going to answer that. That's a stupid question. Well, it was unhealthy for you. I said, there's a lot of things unhealthy that you do. Do you think it's wrong to eat a jelly donut? Well... I should have said probably. Now that's all I got to say about it. But I'm gonna get one. <laughs> it's just the things that people will say. I won't answer questions like that. I'm out of time. Uh, there's so much more on this. Uh, when you find questions, it's a form of zedeo. It's the same thing as seeking. And when you seek God. 
We're commanded to seek God and His righteousness. That is what will fill us with assurance of our salvation. There's no such thing as, I know I'm saved. I remember that I got saved. You don't get saved. Saved is the word sozo. It means to be taken from one point to another and to be preserved and protected through all the fire and trials of the deliverance. If you don't know how to get through it, ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for your word and for truth. Cause us to continue this work. Open up doors for the ministry. God, thank you for all things that you're doing because you're doing everything. You're sitting in the heavens and you've done whatsoever you have pleased. Help us to understand that in our daily life, that it pleases you with our bad health or our problems or troubles, that you're not going to forsake us. Thank you for all things in Christ's name. Amen. My back is killing me. Let's, let's just put prayer there. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing, Rusty? How you doing? Rusty. Hey, bro. Hanging on. Hey, brother. What's going on? Hey, It's they've twisted everything. These translators were really not infallible. They were very fallible. They'll have the word prayer three times in a, in, a, in a verse, and it'll be three different Greek words. Yeah. I don't believe in the supplication thing, translating it prayer. Yeah. And there was a couple other there, too, we didn't touch on. But there's so many of them. There's so many. You can't touch on everything. It's just too much. In Mark 10, when the blind man got his sight, and he said he was made whole, was that saved? Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at it. You know I always keep reading when you go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I know it. Well, my back's hurting. I didn't see Chris here tonight. Turn that off. Oh. No, he wasn't here. Uh-huh. He wasn't here. Neither one of them were here.